Thank you for joining us at either in person or on line. We're glad that you're here. We are launching into a new series today entitled Re-Engage. Re-Engage. I don't know how you're doing. How are you doing? Doing okay? <laughs> um, we're going to talk about how we're doing uh, today. Uh, there's been a lot going on over the last eight months, and every once in a while, you just kind of have to stop and have a conversation about how we're doing. That's what we're going to do in this in this series. Uh, life goes on. The new normal hasn't quite settled in. Uh, I'm using the word discombobulated. That's a fun word, discombobulated, because it kind of it sounds like the way you feel. You know, it, it means uh, confused. It means disconcerted. It means like, I'm not sure what's happening or what's going on. Maybe you have your own words uh, for describing how you're dealing with uh, what's been going on. Uh, but, uh, and I don't know if this is the right timing uh, for this series, but it's been eight months. So it's time to have uh, some type of a conversation. I know things are changing. The COVID numbers are up and the election season uh, has, do we even know yet? Uh, wh when will we know? We could take uh, dibs on that uh, as well. So yeah, it's a good time to re-engage the joy of our mission. So for these next three weeks, we're going to talk about the church. Uh, we have what we call the Big C Church, the global church, the universal church, the church worldwide, the church that Jesus uh, built. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the small C Church. That's all of the local congregations, all the local churches around the world, Grace uh, being one of those. Uh, because here's the deal, friends. I don't think we can appreciate the small C Church if we don't understand what the Big C Church is all about. And I don't think we can appreciate the Big C Church if we don't know our place in the small C church, and that's, so that's what this series is all about. We're going to build this off of Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 13. It said, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some others, a, a Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. Would you say that with me? I will build my church. One more time. I will build my church. Grace Fellowship has been in operation uh, for 28 years. Uh, we have had conversations periodically throughout the life of this church. Some, have, some of them have been very encouraging and exciting and positive. Others have been very challenging and difficult conversations. Where are we as a church at this point and how are we doing? A lot of people want to know uh, how you know, we're doing, uh, we ask how you're doing. A lot has happened over the last 28 years in the life of this church. Nothing quite like what has happened over this year. I mean, we've never had one of these years. Hopefully we'll never have another one of these years. I shared this at worship night last Sunday, and I hope you benefited, those of you who participated in that, benefited from worship night uh, last Sunday night. But I shared this in 1918, uh, we experienced a global pandemic. In 1968, we experienced riots in the streets and the inner cities burning down. In 1974, we went through the impeachment of a president. In the year 2000, it took us weeks to find out who was our next president. 
We thought that would never happen again. In 2008, uh, we had a crippling recession in our country. And so uh, what's going now on now is, is really like what 2020 deserves, right? I mean, should, should, should we expect anything else other than everything else that's going on? 2020 is going to be one of those uh, pages in history that we're going to want to rip out of the history book because we don't want 2020 to repeat itself. I don't know who the next president is going to be. I don't know anybody knows who the next president is going to be. I do know who my king is. And maybe that's what we need to engage. Maybe we just need to be reminded uh, that we didn't vote him in and we're not going to vote him out and he's going to stay on his throne regardless of what we think about him. You know, because regardless of what we think about him, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, so maybe we need to re-engage that first and foremost. Maybe we need to remind ourselves, friends, that there has been no nation like America in the history of mankind, but no nation has been eternal. We need to, we need to thank God for it. We need to you know, not take it for granted, but we also need to remind ourselves that we are citizens of another kingdom and we serve another king. I will tell you, I'm as political as the next guy. I have opinions about all of this stuff. And so I have to catch myself and remind myself of what's ultimately important and what matters most. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, before we talk about the big C church and the small C church, I do have an announcement to make. Those of you who understand digital platforms and online presence and all that kind of stuff. We've had the same logo at Grace uh, for the last 20 years. And because of many different things, but one of those being that, uh, that logo has been in need of renovation and replacing for a long time, moving from an image to an icon. I don't know what that means, but that's what we're doing. We're moving from an image to an icon. And this is, this is what it looks like. Uh, just basically, it gives you another reason to buy a t-shirt. So um, that's what it's going to be look like. Uh, that's what it looks like. That's what uh, the signage is going to look like. That's what uh, all of our uh, icons are going to look like. And I have, the, anybody want this? Okay, Jen. Sure. If it's not the right size, go to Connection Point and exchange it. Um, but uh, anyway, enough of that. So uh, we, we, are, we are moving forward. We are doing well, and we are moving forward. Here's, here's the deal about the icon. Um, all of those dots. And if you look at that, uh, if all the dots were in place, it would form a diamond. Uh, but one of the dots is miss missing. Grace Fellowship for the last 28 years has, all, has been all about connecting people to God, his church, and his world. But we never have all the dots. We will never have all the dots. There will always be a dot missing. And that dot represents somebody that you know and love, somebody that you want to love Jesus, someone that Jesus loves but they don't know yet, and, and we need their dot. So, you know, image, icon, logo, whatever it is, a symbol, whatever it is, it's just simply a reminder to all of us that we have work to do, and we have relationships that matter. And if, if they matter to Jesus, they should matter to us, and we want them to matter to Jesus. They, we, want them, they, we want Jesus to matter uh, to them. So, Okay, small C church, big C church. Over the last several months, people have been asking um, how we're doing as a church. And so I want to spend the first half 
uh, this morning. This is going to be a little out of the norm, but I want to talk about the Small C Church. I, I can't thank you enough for being uh, so interested in caring. You've asked us questions. How are we doing? Uh, you've prayed for us. You've served us. You've sent us notes, all that kind of stuff. When you couldn't come into the building, uh, you let us know that you were still there, uh, and you're asking us how we're doing. I wish I had a more sufficient answer to that question because things keep changing, right? Uh, we're not quite out of the woods with all of this. But the bottom line is, we're as a church, small C church, Grace, we are doing well and we're moving forward. We are moving forward. Now, here's some things that I want to share with you and then my heart on the things that I'm sharing. Before 2020, on average, anywhere from five to 10,000 churches in America would close its doors, never to reopen. That's how many churches close every year in America between five and 10,000. Uh, in 2020, uh, we are seeing tens of thousands of churches permanently closed, never to reopen. The pandemic has simply accelerated the trend of church closings in America. We are not one of them. We are doing well and we are moving forward. However, what is true of churches is also characteristic of church Attenders. Now, this is really hard uh, to know because of, of the situation that we're dealing with, but research has shown, studies have been, have been uh, conducted for the last eight months, and they're telling us that 20% of those who once considered themselves church attenders or once affiliated themselves with a church before the pandemic have completely stepped away, walked away from the church and faith never to return. Now, we know church engagement has been declining in America for decades. But again, the pandemic 2020 has been a catalyst uh, to that, for that decline. For whatever reason, 2020 has given hundreds of thousands of would-be followers, people who once affiliated themselves with the church, the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm done with this. And they have completely stepped away from faith, from church. They're gone. So when all of this is over, and the church is back in full swing, on average, it will be about 20% smaller than it was before the pandemic. How are we as Grace? Well, again, we're doing well and we're moving forward. We haven't, uh, we've been affected by the trends, uh, but we're pushing through the trends. Uh, creativity and flexibility has been our mantra. <laughs> creativity and flexibility. We plan something, we change the plans, we cancel the plans, we make new plans, and we throw those plans out the window. And then we come up with something, uh, creativity and flexibility, adaptability and innovation, knowing when to pivot and how to pivot. It's like our entire lives are on one big white dry erase board, right? <laughs> that we just, you know, we put it up there, but, you know, who knows when it's going to get taken off. Um, let me talk about a couple of areas in the life of the church that uh, I think you might want to know about. The first one is technology. Techno one of the best things that have come out of this pandemic uh, is, you know, we've had a website for ever since we began. Uh, we put our messages online uh, for 20-some years. But I would never, eight months into this, I would never have thought that our technology, our online presence would be at the quality that it's at Today, it would be interesting to go back. I haven't done this. Uh, I don't know that I want to. To go back into March and watch the first Facebook Live worship service that we had. You know, I mean, we're still learning. We're still, you know, improving. We're still correcting things. But uh, 
Here's the deal, friends. Here's the good news. People literally from around the world, they've engaged with us. They're, they're watching us. Now, this is not unique to us, of course, but because of the technology that we've been able to implement and improve upon, uh, we have been touching people from everywhere. And we're doing it with a quality of technology that keeps people engaged, that actually you know, want to keep watching. And you, you need to know that I had nothing to do with it because I don't know any of that stuff. So we have a couple of staff members and we have a boatload of volunteers that have made this possible. And I can't thank enough those individuals that the time and the energy and the effort and the extra hours uh, that they have put into this uh, to make this possible. Many of you benefited from this. Those of you online are still benefiting from this. And then when you don't show up on the Sunday morning, you can still benefit from this because this is not going away. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so now that you've applauded, let me say this. Uh, you also need to know that this has cost us tens of thousands of dollars. This was not turning on an iPhone and putting it on the web, Okay. Uh, technology that we did not have, equipment that we did not have, uh, services and all kinds of stuff that we did not have. Uh, it was money that we did not have that we could not afford to spend because it was the one thing uh, that kept us going as a church and kept you engaged as a church. Uh, smaller churches or churches that do not have those kind of resources and benefits are really struggling. Some of those have closed their doors never to return because their church has dispersed elsewhere, okay? So we are very fortunate uh, to be able to do uh, this sort of thing. So uh, technology has kept us going and helped us uh, to do well. Let's talk about attendance. Uh, right now, in-person attendance is about 50 to 60% of where we were this time last year. And if, if you're in person, you can tell that because of the way the, the seats are separated. Uh, Churches that are open, many churches have yet to open. Some will never open. Uh, but those that are, are, are open, uh, on average, we're seeing about 50 to 60% of people uh, coming back. Now, the good news uh, about attendance is that since we have reopened back in August, we have greeted first-time visitors almost every week, which is quite amazing for me to think, you know, we're, we're challenged enough <laughs> to show up. And then a person who's never been here have, have, have taken the step of visiting. So thank you very much uh, for, for being here and, and visiting us. And we want to be able to serve you uh, well. Those of you who were here before the pandemic and have returned, we have heard story after story after story. I need to be here. I need to be here. I'm so glad you're having services because it's not the same online. It's, it's, it's helpful, but it's not the same. And friends, you know that's true. It is true because the church is a community. Um, so that's, that's our attendance in person. Online, attendance is much more difficult uh, to measure because people watch at different times and we can't keep track of all of that. People watch uh, we don't know how many people are watching the same device. So you're, you're watching alone or you're watching with others or you're watching for the whole service or you're just watching, you know, you, they, they, they uh, log in for a couple of seconds. They see it's me and they go, no, we're not doing that. So, uh, or they watch the whole service. So, you know, that, that's something that we, we can't uh, always measure. Now, again, the good news is that people are watching from all over the world, people who are watching who have never attended 
uh, an in-person service, people who will never attend an in-person service, uh, and yet we're connecting with them and we're reaching out to them, and that is a very good thing. Now, let me say this to uh, the people online who are still watching us online, because that will not go away. People will continue to watch us online. And those of you who can come to an in-person service but are still watching online, please hear my heart on this. No guilt, no pressure. Because we all understand, right? We all understand the challenge. We all understand the struggle. So this is not, you got to be here. I'm just telling you that you have to find a way to stay engaged. Because studies are telling us that the longer you're disconnected, the longer you're disengaged, the easier it is to get discouraged, the easier it is to go into despair, and the easier it is for you to just simply walk away and give it up. So you've got to guard your heart. You've got to, keep, you've got to be attentive to your spirit and what's going on in your, your family, your children. Um, we're doing all that we can to make uh, engagement possible. Uh, we're moving forward and, and trying to improve on that. Um, but friends, you can't do life alone. And we weren't created to do church online permanently. And so those who are doing church online have got to find a church home where they, at some point, because this will be over, at some point to find a church that they can in, engage in. Uh, this has been hard. This has been very hard, and it will continue to be hard. We're moving into the winter months. The, the, number, the COVID numbers are up. And just uh, added to that, just the regular flu and sickness and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's all going up. And so what I'm saying today, I may have to repeat in the, in the next couple of weeks because this is hard. But we do hard, right? Happiness is on the other side of hard. Uh, fulfillment and meaning and purpose is on the other side of hard. And so I appreciate everyone who has has shown up in person. I appreciate everyone who has shown up online. I appreciate everyone who is taking the step to continue to engage in whatever way that you find it safe and helpful uh, and healthy for you and your family. Um, just be aware of what's happening in your spirit and check and guard your heart. Okay, that's, that's attendance. Let's talk about finances. Everybody wants to know how we're doing financially. We are doing well and we are moving forward. I can't thank you enough. Uh, the, the generosity of this church has, has uh, supported this ministry. Um, but here's the deal, friends. We, we have spent less than our budget. Yay. We have spent, but we have spent more than our income. Okay. Uh, we have spent less than our budget, but more than our income. Uh, Obviously, there are ministries in the last eight months that have not required uh, as much finances. And then there are other ministries like technology that have required much more in financial support. Here's a couple of things I want to say about finances. Friends, who, regardless of whether you're coming in person uh, or you're still uh, attending online, we have a mission to love the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a mission to connect people to God, His church, and His world. And however we can do that, we are going to continue to do that. We have taken the leadership of this church, have taken every measure possible. We have restructured our staff uh, to save money. We have restructured our debt to save money. We have restructured our budget uh, to save money. And yet at the same time, this is the good news, friends, we have stayed faithful to our commitments that we have made. All of our missionaries are still being supported at the level of commitment that, we've made to them, that we made to them last night or last year, okay? 
uh, all of the outreach, community outreach projects that we are able to do at this point are still being uh, supported at the level that we committed. Night to Shine, uh, it's going to be re- reformatted in February, but we're going to do it. We're going to find a way to, to, to love that segment uh, of our society. We're going to Guatemala in February. We're not canceling that. In fact, the team just filled up this week. We have plenty of people going to Guatemala uh, this year to, 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 to build houses for people who are homeless. We had 13 baptisms this year. We're, yeah, you can clap for that. Um, so we're, we're doing, we're, we are doing well and we are moving forward. We are doing our best to steward uh, what we have while we are trusting God for what we need to do what God has called us to do in this small C church. Now, having said that, if you are a Jesus follower, you need to know that your giving has never been tied to any church's budget or program. Giving generosity is a discipleship issue, not just a church issue. Okay, giving is about Jesus in your life. Here's the challenge that every church, including ours, has experienced over the last eight months. It's just simply human nature that when you disconnect, you drop support. You drop your giving. It's just human nature. When you're not involved in something, when you're not coming to something, when you don't perceive a a particular benefit, uh, you know, uh, we Americans, we give to things because we we get a benefit. You know, we give because we get. That is an American idea, friends. That is not a Jesus idea. Uh, genuine Jesus followers give because of Jesus. So here's, here's the deal, and please hear my heart on this. It doesn't really matter how grace is doing financially. Uh, your giving is tied to the kingdom of God and following Jesus as a disciple. And so it's, uh, to show that you are a genuine Jesus follower, it has to it has to be indicated by your generosity and by your giving, okay? So that's finances. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is volunteers, how we love our volunteers. We, you have never been loved more. May your tribe increase because your, your tribe actually needs to increase. Again, no guilt, no pressure because we understand. We understand. There's a lot of our volunteers that have not returned for all of the reasons that we've already talked about. But many of you have, and we are so grateful. And you've asked, where can we serve? Where can we help? Where can we plug in? How can we cover the spaces that are not covered? All of the technology volunteers, uh, all the outdoor services volunteers, all of the outreach projects that we've done this year, the ding-dong ditch and the free ice cream for back-to-schoolers. And I think that was more for the moms than it was for the kids, but no guilt, no pressure. Okay, we understand that. Many of our people are still, you know, immune compromised. Uh, If you're not sick, you're quarantined. Or you have a situation where you just have to be extra careful and extra safe. We understand all of that. I just want you to know, this is my heart on this, I just want you to know that you still have a place here. Whenever you come back, there is a purpose for you here. And don't let COVID-19 convince you that you don't matter or what you do doesn't count. We will hold your spot. We will keep your seat warm. I might not keep your seat warm, but somebody will keep your seat warm so that when you're ready to return, we have a place for you in the body of Christ, okay? Here's, here's, the, here's the bottom line in all this, friends. God has used a lot of things in the last 28 years to use this in ways that we never thought possible. And 2020 is no exception. 
And all of these situations teach us gratitude for what we have and trust for what we need. And so that, that is exactly where we are, grateful for everything that God has done and given us and, and leaning on him and trusting him for everything that we need to move forward. So that's grace. That's the little C church. Now, I, for the rest of my uh, time, I want to talk about the big C church. Because again, if you don't understand uh, the big C church, we're not going to see the vital, the, 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 how vital the little C church is. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon that reality, upon that church, Jesus said, I will build, I will build a church. 20% of those affiliate, once affiliated with the church will never return. They're not coming back. And honestly, when I've been reading those studies, one after the other, my first question was, well, why were they here in the first place? If, if, they're, if they're just walking away from it, why, why, did, why did they walk to it? <laughs> I actually don't understand this statistic. Uh, because here's the thing, friends, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I just think, how can... How can you encounter Jesus? Or how can you come to understand the gospel? What he has done for you, who you are in relation to your creator and what he has done to reconcile you to your creator. How could you know that? How could you understand that? And then just simply walk away from that. Does that, does that pose a question for you? I just, uh, unless unless maybe they didn't have an encounter with Jesus or truly understand the gospel, which may be on us, okay? But regardless, friends, here's, here's the question, a question that we all have to ask ourselves is why, why are we here? Why do we come? And, and what, what keeps us here? Let me give you three things that I want to talk about this morning. I, some people come to church because they want to belong. They want to belong. Many of you came to church because you want to belong. That's not a bad thing. I think a lot of people show up because they're lonely. They're hungry for a relationship. Uh, they want, they want uh, relationships that matter to them. They want to matter to someone. I don't think those are bad reasons to come. In fact, we talk about belonging in the church. The church is a community where a place you should belong. Everyone needs a place where everyone knows their name. And they're awfully glad you came. <laughs> Friends, that should be the church. Amen. So that's not a bad thing. But if it's the ultimate thing, here's the deal, friends. If belonging is the chief motivation for coming, you will leave for the same reason you came. Let's, let's unpack that for a second. And let's just pretend, just, just for a moment, let's just, just, just for fun. Let's, let's assume that you are the perfect one. I know other people think that for, of you, but you, know, you never say anything wrong. You never do anything wrong. You're always loving. You're always kind. You're always forgiving. You're the, you, know, you are the model Jesus follower and the church attender. And you know, you, you, uh, you're never at fault for anything. And so you walk into this church. And I want to tell you, friends, the church is made up of wonderful people who are horribly messed up. Okay, And at some point in your encounter, you're going to bear the fallout of, of their imperfections. They're going to say something. They're going to do something. A decision is going to be made that doesn't set 
with your perfection. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so you see, belonging may bring you, belonging may sustain you for a while, but it'll only keep you as long as you're not offended or disgusted. And you'll look for another place to belong only to be led to the same outcome because you can't find a place where there are no imperfect people. So belonging is a good reason. It's a biblical reason. It just can't be the ultimate reason. Some people come to church because they simply want to belong. Here's the second reason. Some people come because they want to become. They want to become. This is the, my life, my life is a mess. And so I think I'll just give church a try. Okay. Uh, We call them wake up calls. Something has fallen apart in your life. Uh, Divorce papers, a DUI, a diagnosis, a loss. Uh, For whatever reason, your life has fallen apart and you need to get back on track. You need need your life to come. You need your life to be good. You need to feel good about your life. Your life needs to be better. Can you see where this is headed? So here's the question. What happens when your life gets better? If that's the reason why you came, that'll be the reason why you left. Because your life is better. Okay? Uh, and then you'll come back when it, does, when it falls apart again. And then when it gets better, okay. What happens if feeling better takes longer than you want it to? Now, I tried Celebrate Recovery for a couple of weeks. It didn't work, so I'm out. Besides, those people have problems. You know, uh, what if the road to feeling better is too hard? Friends, the gospel doesn't say you're sick. It says you're dead. You don't need a renovation. You need a resurrection. So this is hard to sacrifice yourself, to give up yourself, to lay down your life for the Jesus who will give you new life. Here's the thing about Jesus and talk about church people who get up all in your your stuff. Jesus, Jesus won't let you go. He won't let you hide. He'll confront everything in your life. He'll always make you feel bad before you feel good. And so if, you're, if the only reason why you're coming is to feel better about your life, well, you may never feel better about your life. <laughs> Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. I want you to think about this. And church history bears this out. The Bible bears this out. Nobody in the first century, under threat of persecution, under threat of losing their family and their livelihoods and their homes, under threat of imprisonment and and death, nobody thought of coming to church because they just needed friends or to get over a problem in their life. That was not the reason why they came. They came because they had confronted a Jesus who predicted his own death and resurrection and then pulled it off. They came because they had encountered people who had been changed by that reality. They had heard and seen the testimonies and the witnesses of those who saw a risen Christ and didn't care what it cost them to follow him. And they they were captivated. They were captivated by the gospel. See, friends, that's the only reason, the third reason that will ever keep you 
bring you into the church and keep you in the church. When the disciples were commanded to stop talking about Jesus, they just simply could not stop talking about the person who had changed their lives. They gathered in homes. They gathered in temple courts. They met in marketplaces. They gathered in private caves. They met wherever, whatever they did, what they did not do was forsake the assembly of the believers because it was the believers that were undergirding their life in their faith. It was grounding them in what they knew to be true. It was the community of believers that gave them the strength and the courage to pay whatever price. And and again, church history tells us some of them were lit like torches to light the streets of Rome because they would not deny their Savior. Some of them were fed to lions for sport because they would not deny their Jesus. What they didn't do was buy into this American idea that I can do Jesus without doing the church. What they didn't buy into was this 2020 idea that I can love Jesus without loving the church that he built and to being involved and committed to that. You understand that? Without the gospel, this thing that we're doing here right now is really nothing more than a self-help coffee clutch, which is nice, I mean, you, you can, but you can find those anywhere. And everybody loves coffee. So, you know, uh, there's no lack of finding a group that will help you feel better about your life. But that's not the church. The church is a community of believers who are willing to die for what they know is true and willing to stick it out no matter the cost. I mean, if, if, uh, if your only reason, and, I'm, and, and they're good reasons, uh, if, if your reason is to become or to belong, that's fine. It just, it just won't keep you here. It, you will lose interest. But if it's about Jesus, if it's about the man who claimed to be the forgiver of my sins, the doorway to heaven, the only way to God, and then verified it by fulfilling his own prediction, his death and his resurrection— well, then that kind of changes the game. The Apostle Paul, before he was a Jesus follower, was a killer of Jesus followers, and then he met Jesus. And then he said this in 1 Corinthians 9, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do. He's not saying, God punish me if I don't do my job. He is saying, in light of the gospel, once that I understood the gospel, in view of God's mercy, when you think about the unsearchable riches of God's grace, when you understand that you are far worse than you could possibly admit, and yet you are far more loved than you could possibly comprehend. But we looked at Peter's story last week, uh, part of the story, and you know where he said, Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And we know how he messed that up. He didn't, he didn't live that out at that point. But friends, later on, just a few days later, he saw Jesus alive with the nail prints in his hands. He saw Jesus outside of the grave. And then he willingly went to his own grave because of what he had seen and heard. It changed everything. Friends, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're not here simply to belong. We're not here simply to become. Those are all good things. We're here because of Jesus. And here's the thing, I, I've been thinking that I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want this to be true. And if you believe that this is true, why would you ever walk away from it? Why would you not ever want to be a part of this? 
Why would you not ever want to, why would you not want to be a part of the, of the forces that, that disseminate the gospel throughout the world, that fight for true justice, that love the least of these, that serve uh, uh, the downhearted and the brokenhearted and to bind the wounds of a broken culture? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Why wouldn't you be uh, to fight for what makes right and to love those that are unlovable, to accept those uh, that are on the fringes of our culture. I don't know why people wouldn't be, want to be a part of that. For the life of me, I don't know why people who know that and who said they once believed that would walk away from that. So where do we go from here? We are going to continue this conversation for the next couple of weeks, but I want to end on a note of hope uh, this morning before we leave. The gospel is the message of hope. I believe in the gospel 28 years ago when this church was started. I'm not so sure that we were clear on what we needed to do as much as we were sure on what we didn't want to do. And what we didn't want to do was just to be another church going through the motions. We wanted to create an environment where people could have an encounter with Jesus that changed their lives apart from the cultural clutter that so much confuses uh, and uh, uh, what Jesus is, and, and who, what he did for us. So what we started, we need to continue, and we will continue. We are moving forward. Some of you started your spiritual journey here. Some of you restarted your spiritual journey here. Some of you were baptized here. Uh, from your hurts, habits, and hang-ups here. Some of you reestablished your most important relationships here. So maybe it's time to re-engage the joy of the mission. Now we know that the small C church is in decline in America, but that's not going to be true here because we're not going to be a belonging club or a becoming club. We're going to be a believing club and we're going to let Jesus lead us and guide us and fill us and empower us, save us and love us and help us love others the way that he's loved us. Light and dark has never been more distinguished. Our marching orders have never been more clear. And we have never had a greater reason than to stay engaged with the joy, the joy of our mission. You can curse 2020 all you want, and I have done that, I'll confess. But maybe, just maybe, God has us in 2020 for a reason. Not to get through it, but to dis disseminate Jesus because of it. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Could you pray with me? Father, to that end, may we put aside our preferences, our opinions, our feelings. Father, rid us of this American cultural idea that it's all about us. Help us to stop becoming consumers and become contributors to the greatest hope of the world. And may you continue to build your church in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Christ alone.